Hello and welcome to Terrace Memoirs episode 5. I am Dave Harris, Reading FC fan and season ticket holder of uh, more than 20 years, uh, a fan of more than 30 years. Um, quick word on today's guest first. Um, I booked him in the diary for three to four weeks now, I think it is. Um, so definitely not a quick reaction to events of the last 24 hours. Um, I'll introduce him in a bit. But um, to say, yeah, just to say that he is a Chelsea fan since 1979, so presumably has a view on the um, uh, the proposed European Super League, which I've got a few comments on coming up. Before I get into that, um, though, just to say, um, you can follow me personally on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is at handbags82. Um, and also, uh, more importantly, I think, follow the podcast, which is at Terrace Memoirs, um, and a Facebook group of the same name. Um, my podcasts are all hosted on uh, anchor.fm forward slash terrace hyphen memoirs. Um, and any comments that you might have, feel free to mail them to me, terracememoirs at gmail.com. Um, so, uh, I've got a few words to say. 24 hours ago, we got the, um, the news that uh, 12 clubs across Europe, including six from the Premier League, um, have decided that they're going to form this breakaway, closed shop European Super League. And as a fan and student of the game at all levels, um, I don't feel out of place using this platform to offer my heartfelt views and opinions on significant issues that arise within the game. Um, I think it's a duty to add as small a voice or as big a voice as you possibly can when things don't seem right. Um, listeners to my first episode with Jamie Butler will have heard me mention that I feel in simple terms Football is a socialist sport in a capitalist world. And without belittling Jamie's view, which he, which he disagreed with, um, and which remains valid, um, a part of me does feel a degree of vindication with that viewpoint, as we've seen, as I said, 12 of Europe's biggest clubs attempt to break away. Um, and not only that, they've done it behind the backs of the world, European and respective domestic governing bodies. Um, so while the game is in no way perfect, and whatever the issues with things like, for example, FFP, TV influences, corruption, um, so-called financial doping, etc., the basic concept of football is that almost every football match in English or European history has been staged on the basis that clubs have earned the right on the field of play to compete against their opposition in any competitive fixture that they have ever played. And that's one of the many beauties of football in Europe. And there are no closed shop competitions. And so for me, um, the fact that AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Real Madrid, Inter, Juve, and laughably Spurs, <laughs> to decide to break away and attempt to stockpile the revenue streams is quite frankly um, abhorrent, in my opinion. Um, but of course, the gravy train in England um, commenced pretty much in 92 with the breakaway of the Premier League teams. Um, and so we shouldn't be too surprised that this has happened. Um, in fact, we've seen numerous appalling attempts for further income grabbing tarted up as reform, including the recent Project Big Picture, Game 39 in 2008, which my club Reading supported as a Premier League team at the time. Um, the issue that has arisen for me, though, is the serious manifestation of excessive corporate greed in football, which has overtaken any semblance of big six boardroom sentiment towards their club's community standing and responsibilities, um, and an issue which has really begun to gain traction with the Americanization of certain clubs. 
And I'm specifically looking here at Arsenal with Stan Kroenke, Man United with the Glazers. Um, and on that point, just quickly, I wouldn't blame any FC United of Manchester fans saying, I told you so. Um, Chelsea with Bruce Buck and Liverpool with Fenway Sports Group. Um, a, a quick word on the latter as well. They seem to have been particularly shady in their dealings with their fans, given their seemingly supportive and engaging stance towards their supporter groups, such as Spirit of Shankly, only to completely throw them under the bus without a moment's hesitation with the rest of the European teams involved. So there's been a lot of talk and immediate reaction from the likes of Gary Neville, Jamie Carragher, Rio Ferdinand, Jeff Stelling, and other personalities across the board, including from within football itself. The media's reaction is interesting for me, um, as you can bet your bottom dollar that Sky, B-teams, BT Sport and the like, they'd be reporting this very, very differently um, had they had any influence over the goings-on. Um, their viewership is seriously threatened, which obviously means their income streams. But English football's financial disparity, I think, can be laid very much at the feet of Rupert Murdoch's empire, as much as the Football League, Division One clubs of the late 80s and early 90s, as it was that around that time um, that the, the big six, as it were, really wanted to start looking at their own broadcasting rights. Let's take Gary Neville's stance as the primary one, shall we say. Um, his views are laudable and carry weight, given his position at the very top of the game as a player with Man United, a coach with England, uh, and of course, as a club owner with Salford City. Many people might question his opinions, given the significant investment in Salford City over the last seven or so years, which has seen them rise from the Northern Premier League Division One North to League Two. The key fact remains, though, that despite this approach, which has seen them sign talent befitting well at levels well above that which they were playing, at no point has Neville or his fellow um, co-owners, just to name them, Ryan Giggs, Paul Scholes, Nicky Butt, David Beckham and businessman Peter Lim, none of them have ever stated that they wish for promotion and relegation to be scrapped. The issue of competition within football is fundamental. And that is the key point. Football has not just survived, but thrived with promotion and relegation as a key facet of its domestic game, almost worldwide, since the inception of the Football League in 1888. And the concept of obtaining your place in the league, and of course the cup competitions as well that go with it. You know, we all see division, uh, div uh, uh, championship and Premier League clubs. They start the FA Cup in the third round, etc. Um, those positions have been have been um, obtained on merit, and that is, has been critical to its success. So for me, having a load of spoiled rich American businessmen destroy that legacy because they see football solely as a cash cow, a business with the absolute need to maximize profit over any semblance of solidarity and community, absolutely sucks. So now is the time for the respective governing bodies to show bite with their bark, and they must not let it go. What happens from now uh, is anybody's guess. Whether or not it actually gains any traction or whether it just dies a complete death, whatever happens, those six clubs are forever tarnished, in my opinion. And part of me actually hopes they all leave domestic football and carry on with tourist laden stadia and let the rest of us get on with proper fans in proper competitions. So that's my rant. Um, make of that what you will. Um, but as mentioned, my guest uh, is a Chelsea fan since 1979. You might have heard him have a little chuckle at the Spurs bit there. Um, Chelsea fan of over 40 years. I think it's 1979, I said, isn't it, Dave? Um, it's probably earlier than that. I'd say it's probably about 1972. 
Oh, blimey. <laughs> I'm doing, doing you a disservice. My apologies. Um, it's someone that I also consider a personal friend, and we had many, many um, really, really engaging conversations in the office. Um, I obviously clearly worked with him. Um, in fact, he was my manager. Um, and I'm sure he's got an opinion on perhaps what I've just said um, and, of course, has an opinion on his club. Um, so, yeah, welcome. David Lacey, how are you? I'm not too bad, thank you, Dave. How are you? Good. Good. I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah, now that I've got that off my chest. <laughs> off my chest. So, um, let's, get, let's get straight to it. It's, it's, I mean, I've got to say it's an elephant in a room. It's not really. Um, it's just there, isn't it? We've got to, got to talk about it. Um, what are your views? What do you actually think of the whole concept of a European Super League? I've not got an issue with the concept of a European Super League. What I have got an issue with is the closed shop nature of it. Um, I think if you had, say, almost like a bigger version of the um, Champions League, with, you know, the almost like the cream of the, um, the countries, you know, England, France, Germany, Spain, Italy, that's, <laughs> yeah. not, um, that's not totally alien to me. And I wouldn't, object to that but what i do object to is this close shop where people can't be promoted or relegated yeah yeah and i think i think yeah that's that's the key point and that's the key point obviously that i made um so yeah quite pleased that we actually we're, we're on the same lines there um no arguments in this episode yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah so clearly you know you, you're a fan of a club who who um certainly over the last 25 years or so um, as routinely played in European competition, dating back, I think, pretty much to Glenn Hoddle's time as manager. Um, but, yeah, the key point there is that every single European, well, every, every team in, in Europe has earned their right to play on merit. They've qualified for that competition by route of domestic cup competition, by league position. Um, and, of course, you've won the Champions League and that's been gained on merit, and nobody will ever take that away from Chelsea. Um, just like all the other clubs that, that have won the, uh, the Champions League and the European Cup. Um, so, yeah, it's. I think yeah, we're, well, we're certainly on, on the same on the same track there. That you know, close shot is not the way to go. Um, do you think there's any? Um, do, would would you perhaps um, think that this is a um, sort of a, a, an opening bargaining position. This is our stance, or do you think this is how the 12 European clubs want to go? I think this is probably um, an opening stance because you're obviously too young to remember, and I don't want to go off down a different rabbit hole and talk about cricket on a football podcast. But <laughs> in, in, the late, in the late 70s, um, you might have heard of someone called Kerry Packer introduce World Series yes. cricket. Now, he totally revitalised cricket in its current form and, you know, started mm. playing day-night matches, really got one-day cricket massive in across the world, particularly it started in Australia, and, um, you know, the coloured clothing and stuff like that. And at the end yeah. of the day, I think money talks. And what happened on that occasion is that players from different countries got banned and then it all went to court and people were, were allowed to play who'd been banned for a couple of years but in the end it broke down so i think if we banned our teams it would do us a disservice against teams like from spain and italy if they didn't do the same 
yeah, yeah, I think I see where, where you're going with that. Um, <clears throat> I think um, that's what, uh, well, certainly uh, UEFA and FIFA want to do, though, isn't it? UEFA have come out and said today that uh, the players wouldn't be able to play um, international football. Um, anybody who, who for any clubs that that took part. And whilst I'm not defending um, the, the clubs that are doing that, but that's unfairly penalising the players who play for those clubs. I think you've got to take a look at the um, the clubs themselves as well, though, haven't you? Because they they understand and signed up to the um, uh, the, the rules of the competitions that they play in. Um, of course, I think um, I think I heard on Talk Sport earlier that there is a rule within the Premier League um, constitution that that states that no club can play in a in another organised competition without um, without express permission of the Premier League. Um, and of course, the Premier League doesn't look like they're going to be um, giving that, given the other fourteen clubs um, are absolutely against what's happening. Um, Either way, I think it's going to be very, very interesting what, what happens. Um, my, my views are very, very clear, obviously. Um, and I think uh, many other people's would be. But this is a podcast um, about you. This is a podcast about your history following Chelsea. Um, so, obviously, clearly 1972, um, as you stated. But you're not actually from West London, no, are you? But then um, you're I, from. I think with um, when I was at school, it was either you either supported a London team or you supported Leeds, Liverpool, or Manchester United. And, and for whatever yeah. reason, and I guess it's probably the 1970 FA Cup final because I don't actually remember that. But you know, as I supported them from about '72. That must be the reason, because of the you know the sort of team it was at the time. You know, it was the most stylish team and all that. I suddenly decided mm-hmm. to be a to be a Chelsea fan. My immediate family are not really interested in football. On my mum's side of the family, they originated from the East End, and they're all West Ham fans. And and my mm-hmm. uncle, who's a couple of years older than me. Um, took me to West Ham a few times, but I was certainly not for turning. I had made up my mind <laughs> at an early age that I was going to be a Chelsea fan. The King's Road was the place yes, for most you. definitely. Um, <laughs> my first game. Do you remember? My first game was, say, yeah, you your first was game? against. Um, luckily, as I said, my dad only took me to about two games because he, he likes watching football, but he, he'd rather watch it on the TV than go to a game. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily, I had a friend at school whose whose dad was a Chelsea fan, and he took me took us to the bridge. and My first game was against a Derby County. Um, this is about nine. Good Derby yeah, County side as well. About so. seventy four, seventy five, uh, and we actually lost two one. And the only thing I can remember was the guy from the game, and I can't remember any one from Derby scoring. Uh, John Hollins smacked the ball in from outside the box, um, and that's the only memory I have from the game. Mm-hmm. The future Chelsea manager, wasn't he? Was, yeah, Hollis? he was a legend of, yeah. of the 1970s. Um, he actually went away for a few years, played for QPR and Arsenal. Then he come back as a player again, as a sort of player coach, and then he became a manager for a couple of years. Yeah. It's interesting. There's, a, there's more than one person that said they don't really remember much about their first game. Um, I think I'm, I'm no different. I don't remember much about my first game in uh, following Reading. Um, 
But what is it? What, can you remember where it was that you that you actually um, sort of located yourself yeah. in the bridge? And what was it? What was football actually like back then? Obviously, I was only born in '82. You know, going back to sort of 1970s stadia, it was obviously predominantly old school terracing with um, classic sort of crush barriers, and the bridge was quite unique in in, in English football back then. Uh, in that it had the well, it had the dog track running around running yeah. around the pitch, and the um, it was almost an oval, wasn't it? Um, didn't have the three tiered. Is it the West Stand, the three tiered stand that's there now? You didn't have that back then. Well, we had a West um, Stand, just not the one that, uh, that we've got now. Like in the yeah. in the nineties, I sat in the West Stand right at the front in what was called the benches, <laughs> but it weren't really benches. It was just concrete blocks. Um, and you, <laughs> and you sat, and I sat there for a long time. But the first game, I remember, yeah. I sat in the East Stand, East Stand right. lower tier. And and then uh, that must have been a special treat because after that we went and stood um, in the shed end. Needed um, <laughs> a telescope to see the pitch in those days. Players from back then. You mentioned John yeah. Hollins, uh, presumably Peter Osgood. Uh, Peter Osgood, um, yeah, Ron Harris. Yeah, Ron Harris. Um, my favourite player at that time was was Charlie Cook. He was sort of like, do you remember um, Pat Nevin who used to play for Chelsea? He was yeah, a I bit do, like yeah, that. Yeah, Max Everton uh, as well. Sort of like a dribbler, you know, could take people on. Was really a good player. And then as it got later, yeah. it moved on. Clive Walker. Yeah, one of my favourites was Mickey Droy. I know, yeah. I know the name, yeah. He was about six foot four, centre back. Quite a good player, actually. But he was with us when we sort of... He joined probably in the early 70s so he just missed probably the cup winners cup and things like that and he was with us all through our our bad days of relegation to the second division i think we must have got relegated about three times during the 70s yeah and i was going to say it was going to be the next point that i made was you know chelsea back then um i mean this is obviously way way pre-abramovich and uh, and pre-ken bates yeah. as well i think I'm, I'm right in saying um they were that they could draw on a, a decent crowd, couldn't they? Um, they used to get really good numbers in in in, in the bridge for the big games. For the big games, and then um, when we played in the second division on a regular basis, you know, we played sort of rubbish teams as such, if you can call them that, and the attendances went right down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fourteen, sixteen thousand. But in our defence, because yeah. this always gets me, is a bit of a chip about it. You know, before Kevin Keegan went to Newcastle. Newcastle's home attendance was 14,000, 16,000, but that never gets mentioned. It's mm-hmm. only sort of Chelsea seem no. to get criticised for that. Yeah, and I think that, that, that comes with, um, with a degree of success, doesn't it? And this whole... Um, well, it comes with the money, doesn't it? Um, and I, I, I completely understand that and get that. And you know, following my club, um, we seem to have... Uh, picked up a little bit of that as well. I mean, yeah, all right, we don't have, you know, what we call fantastic crowds. Um, but, yeah, we – I understand exactly where you're coming from, is that it, it happens to every yeah, club. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, so it happens to every club. When clubs go down, they lose fans. Um, and when clubs don't do particularly well, they lose even more. It's just it's yeah, just, I think it's just human nature. And, so, and Chelsea, during that period of the 70s, whenever we played someone big like Liverpool – you know, we famously beat Liverpool in the cup in about must be nineteen seventy nine. I think we beat them four two. 
sort of Clive Walker scored. You know, there's probably about 40,000 sort of fans in the crowd. You know, yeah. so the fan base yeah. was there. They were just not always shooting. Yeah, it's, go. Always, it's always been there. <laughs> no, no, exactly. You obviously did. did was were you um were you going regularly in the um? In I reckon the 70s? in the seventies. At first, uh, my a friend's dad used to take us. He used to take us, say, about six, seven times a season. And then as I got older, because I lived in Dartford, um, I was allowed to go on the train. Um, I, and I remember okay. going to see Chelsea play play QBR and getting beaten 3-1 at home. Uh, um, mm-hmm. And then now I think another game that stands out to me is when we beat Newcastle 6-0. And, and a guy called Colin Lee scored a hat-trick for us. Was he the, the, the player? How guy? times have changed when we used to buy Spurs players like Colin Lee or Mickey Hazard. <laughs> now we sell them our rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, because Colin Lee was uh, was assistant manager to Mark McGee at Reading, so he's a, he's a well-known name. In, uh, in he Reading. was good at Chelsea because he, yeah, yeah. he was signed as a striker. And then towards the end of his career, he started playing right fullback. <laughs> I did that for about two years, <laughs> quite successfully as well. Yeah, yeah, and a good, good player as well. If I remember rightly, he, um, I think I'm right in saying his debut for Spurs was in their 9-0 win I against the Rovers. I think you're Mr. right. He, he got four, didn't he? Um, yeah, he got four, yeah, I remember yes. watching that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's going to be interesting, actually. I've got a Bristol Rovers right. fan on next week. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, recognisable name. So that was the seventies, and you, know, you had sort of six or seven yeah. times a season. Um, now, football around that time and in the eighties, um, it got a very yeah. bad rep, didn't yeah. it? Um, and Chelsea, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Che- Chelsea have had a um, didn't exactly um, help that reputation or to, to better that no, reputation, they had, uh... did they? Did you ever? Did, did you ever sort of see? Did it, was it a case of sometimes going to games, perhaps with a tin hat on, or or was that intended to be sort of kept away from? I, I that? never saw that much of it. The worst I ever saw um, was when um, it must have been about 1980. I, I mentioned earlier my uncle, who's he's I think he's two or three years older than me. Um, he's a West Ham fan, and he he took me to a game. Um, as I said, it's about 1980. We were both top of the table, you know, sort of, must have been sort of February time, possibly, or something like that. Um, I was in, I think, and then it was called the North Bank, so I'm not sure. It probably became the Bobby Moore stand. Um, and um, so, so I was in with the West Ham fans, <laughs> supporting Chelsea with my mate, <laughs> and Peter Rhodes-Brown uh, almost scored for us in the first half. Um, I yeah. I almost celebrated and my mate <laughs> gave me a kick. <laughs> After that, it all went Pete Tong and um, Trevor Brookings scored a cracking goal from outside the box and Alan Devonshire scored the fourth goal. He, he, he sort of dribbled around half the team. But before the game, it mm-hmm. all kicked off in the Chelsea end and um, loads of Chelsea fans came flooding onto the pitch because I think the West Ham fans had decided to uh, to jump into the Chelsea end because on that side, yeah. um, I think that's where all the hardcore West Ham fans went. I can't remember what it was called. On the west side, I think yeah. it is. And playing yeah. Spurs a few times, yeah. um, quite often, you know, when you go away, 
it sometimes kicks off and it did at Spurs a few times, but luckily I always managed to um, not be involved in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously a fair, fair to middling sort of second tier, first tier club. Um, then so we move into the 80s and I think I'm right saying there's only one relegation in the 80s. Is, is that um, right? Yeah, we got relegated. Um, we got promoted, I reckon it was probably about 84. We've been in the second division probably four or five years at that point. And then, then we had a right tussle mm-hmm. at the end of the season with Sheffield Wednesday and just won in the last uh, game of the season. We then got relegated. Then had quite a couple of good years um, under John Neal. Finished in the top six. Well, I think we finished fifth or sixth. Um, and then we um, um, we got relegated. I think it was in '88. I remember we lost two 0 to Middlesbrough away, and then could only beat them one 0 at the Bridge. And we are the last team mm-hmm. from the top division to ever get re- relegated via the playoffs. Or I think we might even be the only team actually because yes. I think Charlton avoided it. Yeah, I think that's that's true. Um, back in the days when the playoff competition uh, for the younger view or younger viewers, younger listeners, um, back at the, the very early playoff competitions involved a team from um, the I think it was the third place team yeah. in the tier below, wasn't it? Um, and uh, the was it the eighteenth place team in Division One? I think it was, no. um, and they just played off against each other no, over a two leg game, the... wasn't it? Um, the 18th team, I think it was the 18th, 19th, or was it the 19th? I can't remember how many teams were in the division. But basically, it was the team above the automatic relegation slots, plus three teams from the old second division. And we played the right, yes, well, yeah, home and yeah, away, beat them quite comfortably. And then we um, lost 2-0 at Ayrson Park. Come back to the bridge and mm-hmm. um, could only beat them one nil. Good and Jury scored for us, I believe, um, quite early on actually in yeah. the first half. But we just couldn't get a second goal. And then there was a bit of trouble after the game. Yeah. Didn't really see any of it, but apparently it all kicked off, and we had to play our first three or four games with now away fans. Yeah, which is quite odd oh, no, to be fans. honest because yeah. when City beat us three one at home or three nil, whatever it was, <laughs> there's actually complete silence when they scored it was weird yeah yeah i, I can imagine uh luton town did did similar didn't they they had uh was it 85 or 86 for the whole something season, like that didn't they, they had uh yeah um after millwall uh um yeah. millwall did millwall things so did you during the 80s did you was that when your your um your attendance at, at the bridge and and away games did that start I to really ramp the bridge, up then? probably 80, 82 to 86, I was working on a Saturday, so I, I, I didn't go that often. But then in 87, I I left my job and um, started working sort of Monday to Friday, and I could go um, to a lot more games. And that's when I started going probably almost most home games, and then I started to go uh, um, to away games as well. Okay. You said to get, get the train to the way It's only last, say, 10 years that I've started to go up north. Um, I'd normally go to, to all the London away games. Um, I've been to Ipswich. I've been mm-hmm. to Brighton. Um, as I said, it's only recently that I've, well, I say recently, last 20 years that I've been to Anfield, Old Trafford, 
I've been to Goodison Park recently. Um, so it's probably about eighty-seven. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I started to go uh, to most home games, and um, I remember going to watch Chelsea play Nottingham Forest. This will make you laugh. <laughs> we got beaten six-two at home. <laughs> <laughs> but there's yeah, forest under um, forest under cloth though so do you remember gary Bertels? um yeah well <laughs> remember i still know I, him yeah. <laughs> he's on he, tv quite a lot isn't he's he he's got a hat trick so, for him and, and neil webb did i don't know he's he's starting to be reading as well yeah isn't he? he started yeah. his career at reading did old neil webb yeah he's uh he's a very local boy he still lives in the town um and i think uh if you look at his record actually neil webb if it wasn't for his injuries um He's, he's played in midfield, but he's scored a lot of goals. Uh, you know, he's got he's got to be the sort yeah, of the forerunner yeah. to Frank Lampard. We'll get on yeah, to Frank Lampard England, a bit later, he? but he did. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he played in played in World Cups and everything. Um, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're very proud of Neil Webb in Reading, and so a couple of other couple of other um, uh, names that you mentioned earlier were. Um, oh, of course, yeah, we signed um, him from Reading. I forgot about that. He did. Yeah, yeah. We got him from Dunstable and. Uh, Sold him to you guys, and then we ended up with Trevor Senior, and um, well, that that worked out all right as well. So uh, he's our he's our record goal scorer now. Uh, so you're um sort of the late eighties, early nineties. You're you're starting to go hell of a lot more, and this is where it really starts to get going for Chelsea. Really, um, you had you're perennially Division One stroke Premier League, and a decent yeah, side, yeah. certainly not at the top level. Um, but able to give as good as you got against um, against many of the uh, many of the top end teams. I'm trying to think of some of the players that you had. So you had Dave Besant in goal, for example. I think you had Graham Lasso. Um, you had uh, Andy Townsend, uh, Dennis Wise, Gordon Jury, of course. Jury, of course. <laughs> uh, Dennis Wise, yeah, yeah. Um, who's uh, quite well, quite frankly, he, he has legendary he's actually, status. Um, bridge, probably he? my favourite ever Chelsea player. Any particular reason why? Just because of his, of his uh, I want to call it his nasty streak. I mean, it wasn't. He, I think yeah, players didn't I like playing. Ferguson said something like he'd have a fight in an empty room or something. But he was he was such a leader of men. <laughs> um, you know, especially at that time, yeah. the team, as you said, you know, on our day we could beat anyone, but quite often we'd, you know, we could lose to rubbish. And um, you know, he'd be the one. He was a driving influence and. Any Chelsea fan, certainly of my age, would not have a bad word about against Dennis Wise. He's a he's a legend, and he's he's a good player yeah, as well. Sure. You know, so this is for when, England a few times. Yeah, he was. He could play. He could. Yeah, he was a yeah. A, yeah if, if moving sort of moving set aside his um uh his sort of his mannerisms and his attitude, yeah. he was you know he could pass the no, ball. He could. No. He, he certainly wouldn't shy away from a tackle. Um, he scored. He, he scored some very, very important goals for you as well, didn't he? And yeah, he was. Um, you know, it was, it was the sort of opposition player that um, that fans love to hate. Um, too Another many players in that they? era would be. I don't um, know if you remember him called Tony Dorigo. I know he Tony did. Dorigo, yeah, he's actually yeah. Australian, he also played for England, but, didn't he? Um, um, but he played for England. He actually yes. the first time I went to Wembley supporting Chelsea was it in the Simon Cup final. Um, and that was probably a sellout, I reckon. It was about 90,000. Yep. And we beat Millers for 1 0, and he scored the goal. He was a very good mm-hmm. left fullback, actually. Timor Cup, of course, being. Uh, <laughs> of course, being you, of course you won it, didn't you? Fans, um, psyche. Um, 
He did, yeah. Yeah, Tony Dorigo, yeah. because he went on to Leeds, didn't he? Um, I did think, he also yeah. play for I think we signed him from Aston Villa. Well, maybe. Um, but, yeah, I think he did go on to Sheffield right. Wednesday. Of course, early 90s. So I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of, thinking of a few results now. Now I'm thinking about um, 90, I think it was, might have been 1991. Um, you know, Man United were just about starting to get it together under Sir Alex Ferguson, or Alex Ferguson as he was then. Yeah, yeah. He did them twice, 3-2, if I remember rightly. Most... Um, um, one of my favourite games is we played Tottenham. I think this is probably '91. We played Tottenham in the in the League Cup. Um, actually murdered them at the Bridge, but we couldn't score. And Paul Walsh almost nicked it for Tottenham. I went to White Hart Lane, but in your way, and it was absolutely manic. It was probably one of the best experiences ever. And we actually beat them three <laughs> 0 One of my top ten nights actually supporting Chelsea. And frustratingly. We played Sheffield yeah. Wednesday with an aging Trevor Francis playing for Wednesday. Um, I don't know why it kicked off at about 12 o'clock. I, I think they beat us 3-0 at the bridge. And then we played them away at Hillsborough, and I, I can't remember what the score was, but we didn't go to Wembley, put it that way. So that yeah, must have been I the season that, that Sheffield Wednesday won it. Yeah. Yeah, so that would have been 91. Because I they think played John Sheridan might have scored for them. Um, Who's literally just resigned from being Swindon's yeah, yeah. manager. <laughs> no, don't blame him. Couldn't possibly come in. <laughs> Ninety-one, you had. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah. Was it Bobby Campbell yeah. as your manager? And yeah. Bobby Campbell left Ian Porterfield. He went to Chelsea. He was an ex-Reading manager as well. Quite mediocre. Um, I think we got to the cup quarter-final. Mm-hmm. We were beating Sunderland two-one at home, and then someone—I think his name was Johnny Byrne, possibly—he equalised, and then. We, yeah. He went up to Roker Park, absolutely murdered them. But their goalie, yeah, was it Norman or something? I'm not sure what his name was. Uh, Tony Norman, yeah. He so actually was, played a blind yeah, this was 91, um, 92, wasn't I think it? they went to, uh, actually um, got to the final and lost to Liverpool. Did. Yeah. They did, yeah. And John Byrne yeah. scored in every round except the final. And um, you say Liverpool. And they, uh, li- yeah, Liverpool only just scraped okay, through to the semis as well. They were, yeah, I think I they were 1 0 down. Yeah. Portsmouth. Because in the fifth <laughs> round, we beat Sheffield United and Vinnie Jones, who played for us, I think, in for about two <laughs> I years. Because he actually was in the team when we won at Anfield, in the one that in the match that Paul Elliott got, you know, his um, injury at the end of his career. He, um, <laughs> but you know what I'm going to say? I think he yeah. fouled, I think it was Dane Whitehouse or something like that after about 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that. Not yeah. even that. White White House got the ball from the kickoff, started to dribble. Vinny Jones wasn't even. It was. It wasn't even out of the centre circle. Yeah. And bearing in mind White House has literally it taken about out, three steps. Yeah. Vinny Jones yeah. has just gone in, tripped yeah. him, yellow cut with five seconds. And then um, Ken yeah. Bates um, had brought in David Webb. I was a bit pissed off to be honest because I wanted David Webb to be made the permanent manager. And when they appointed Glenn Hoddle, I was not happy because of his Tottenham connections, obviously. Um, but, you know, I'll say now, yeah. it pains me to say it in a way, but I will say it, Glenn Hoddle is partly the reason we are where we are now. I was going to say, um, he... He did, didn't he? he, yeah, well, he left, well, he got he, him from Swindon. He left Swindon. Again, he he basically brought in, I'm trying to think of the players, he brought in Terry yeah. Phelan. But then he started to go for these big signings. He started to get players like um, 
Aviali, um, Rude Hullet, and then I think Hoddle, if yep. Hoddle hadn't have been there, Mark Hughes would never have signed for Chelsea. And then, um, obviously, if, a little bit mm-hmm. later, we got Gianfranco Zola, who certainly wouldn't have come if Hullet and Viali hadn't have been at Chelsea. And he's arguably our greatest ever player. No, quite. And funnily enough, um, I mean, there's, there's a great um, piece of literature by um, Michael Cox called The Mixer. Um, but this book is about the um, story of the Premier League tactics um, from basically from Route 1 to False Nines. And it kind of progresses through as a chronological um, uh, look through the tactics. And one of the things, one of the, the core elements of that very early on is that football in England was yeah. by and large back then, your classic 4-4-2, wasn't it? Defensive lines would generally be quite high um, until the introduction of players like Eric Cantona um, and uh, Dennis Bergkamp and Gianfranco Zola. They were kind of trailblazers, yeah. really, for European footballers coming over to England. And they played the game in a different way in that they wouldn't just sit on the defensive line like, like your classic number 10. Uh, and they wouldn't just um, compete for long ball headers like your classic number nine. Yeah. They, would, they began to sit in between the lines. Um, and it just fundamentally changed the way, began to change the way that football was perceived and viewed in this country. So, yes, Zola was one of those players who um, was, I mean, it was a completely different mould, obviously, because of his stature to Bergkamp and Cantona. Um, but one of those players who 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 um, blazed that trail, um, and just you know he he was hit between as I say him and Viali and Hullet, um, and then he started getting yeah. a little bit a, later a on down the line players like Desai, yeah. um, and um, Leboeuf, Di Matteo, um, foreign uh, and Chelsea were, were obviously exploiting the foreign market um, extremely well, and they begun to compete for trophies and none of that would have happened if it hadn't been for Hoddle it's quite no, funny sure. of course, a, Hoddle was play, I was, never really was rated him as well. um, um, I thought you know he was just sort of like he played every so often you know he, he put in a good performance sort of like one in three one in four but when he played for Chelsea he was playing in this sort of like sweeper role he didn't play mm-hmm. very often but he had so much time on the ball you know, and even more than that, Rude Hullet was obviously on a different plane to anyone else we had at that time. And he was like an adult playing with children at times. He was just such a good player. I remember um, Rude Hullet, when he was a Newcastle manager. Newcastle came down to Reading for a pre-season friendly. And he was he was manager. He wasn't player manager, but he came, Newcastle were 2-0 down at half-time. And Hullet came on in the second yeah, half. He yeah. played a sweeper and just, yeah. and just ran the game. Uh, it was it was marvellous, marvellous to watch. Bizarrely, though, Hullet only lasted about yeah, 18 months, I, didn't he? I don't know what happened. It was and just before was the League Cup semi-final right, against Arsenal. I was at um, Highbury and we got beat 2-1. I think Mark Hughes scored a, a late goal for us. We come back to the bridge and I, I wasn't confident. We just lost the manager. And then Viali became manager. He was one of the... I've, I've never met him, but he always comes across as one of the nicest, most honest managers you're ever going to meet. And um, we basically murdered Arsenal. We beat him 3-1. Mm-hmm. I think Lee Dixon got sent off a fouling ground or so. And um, it was one... Yes. 
when I used to have my season ticket, I was in, I can't remember exactly, I was in sort of block 13, about road 20 or AA, sort of something like that. Roberto Di Matteo smashed it from outside the box. You could see it going like a tracer bullet <laughs> and it went in the top corner. Yeah, you most definitely. Yeah, don't bother dying for that keeper. That's a perfectly good net year, to I guess, yeah, that would be the year we <laughs> yeah. beat Middlesbrough in the League Cup final. Uh, Frank Sinclair scored. And then I think, I've got a feeling Roberto Di Matteo might have uh, scored as well. I remember I remember watching the first half, but my dad wouldn't let me watch the second half because we had a thunderstorm. We were at Bryce Norton at the time. We had a thunderstorm overhead. <laughs> so my dad said, no, nope, TV's going off. We're not watching the FA Cup. Like, dad, yeah. don't worry about losing our, losing our fucking telly. It's it was a great game. 98. Yeah. Uh, yes, because it was uh, yeah, the same right. scores in the FA Cup final in 97, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, that's right. That was amazing. Di Matteo was scored we, after 40-odd seconds. Basically, scored after 40-odd seconds. Um, and the fans were singing, but they weren't really still a bit nervous. Once Eddie Newton scored, everyone went completely mental. <laughs> so this is the, the, the 90s, and presumably... Uh, yeah, I, so I was actually in Cyprus. Um, in 1990, I went to Cyprus a couple of days um, after the League Cup final. Um, worked there for three years. And then um, I actually yeah. flew back for our first game in the Champions League against AC Milan. Okay. So you're playing... And suddenly you've gone from... I mean, you've gone from um, well early 70s second tier club to seeing your team literally playing against the cream of the crop. Yeah, um, and it's a gradual progression, but it's a structured progression, and ultimately it's worked. And of course, to to stay up there, you, you know, to stay up there and, and and actually compete at the very top level and, and compete for the titles. Yeah, yeah take that extra investment that level, required. Yeah. Um, come to that in a minute, but suddenly you're. Suddenly, you know, you've gone from fair to middling second tier to fair to middling first tier, able to compete, but not, you know, not consistent with it. Um, and then you're competing for trophies. So you've gone to FA Cup finals. You won the League Cup. You've gone the, you won the. Yeah, FA we won the cup. cup. Yeah, we won the Cup. Winners was it the, the Cup Winners Cup that you won as well in '98? Stuttgart. Um, Zola scored. He'd had a quiet season that year. Stuttgart. BFB um, Stuttgart. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he came off the bench and scored. And then the following came off the bench year, and scored within a minute, didn't we he? almost won the league, but we had a sort of like a poor Easter. Um, I think we dropped points away at Leicester or somewhere like that. And then yeah. um, I think we, you know, we finished third that year. Uh, so United won that, won it that year, didn't they? They won the treble. They definitely won a treble in 1999. 1999. It was, yeah. Because, yeah, because uh, yeah. Arsenal yeah. won it in 98, didn't they? They won well, not the treble, but they won the league and the cup in 98, didn't they? Um, but yeah, you've gone. You've, you're, you're now a club that's actually competing for trophies and, and in the sort of, at the very least, the top six of English football. Obviously, Abramovich uh, took over, and and then we were signing um, yes, people like um, know, Damien Duff, um, Joey Cole. Yeah, yeah. You went on a massive on the splurge, before, didn't yeah, you? That's right. Frank- Frank Lampard have signed the season before and, um, only in 2002. And then, you know, we, uh, we, we should have won the league, but so. obviously we come up against um, the Arsenal team that, that went unbeaten that year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was but good. But you beat yeah. them in the Champions League, didn't you? The quarterfinals. No, finals. no. They, I think we only, because it's European football, we only got about oh, 600 go tickets. Yeah, it, it was not, we didn't get right. as many as okay. you would for a normal European Bizarre. game. Uh, sorry, a normal um, a premiership game, yeah. He, he, well, to... he didn't get the nickname the Tinker Man for nothing, did he? Old Radieri. Because he, um, 
the what did he yeah. in, in Monaco yeah. um, in the first leg, wasn't it? In the semis, yeah, he tinkered yeah. with it at yeah. one all when you were playing well, and you ended up with three one. You lost yeah. that game. Yeah, we should have done, and then we would have played Jose's. Should have probably got through to the final. <laughs> That'd have been interesting. Who who introduced yeah, himself yeah, to English right, football with a yeah, touchline yeah. run at Old Trafford? You yeah, done that if a few you times in the, <laughs> with the the late free I'm kick. Actually, I'm actually um, delighted what? that you got the say. <laughs> uh, today. So, not because not because I want anything bad to happen to him, but I'm oh, just Spurs. delighted he ain't going to win anything at Spurs. Because with Chelsea, when he's come back, he's always been a bit split, 50-50. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm in the camp that, you know, Jose Mourinho really is a special one. Yes. You know, and I will never boo the man. But, you know, half the crowd does, and, and I just can't stand that, you know, because of what he'd done at Chelsea. Yeah, but I, I could... No. I can understand why, um, because he's not no, exactly yeah, been yeah, hugely comments, respectful yeah. to Chelsea since he's left, has he? Um, twice, but yeah, exactly. yeah. You know, he walked but past at the same time, you can't sort of deny what the up. man did for Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> three Premiership um, titles. You know, this is a man that you know. If, if Ranieri, Ranieri wasn't the man to take you um, to yeah. the next level, then um, Mourinho certainly did. You know, and. and all right, he didn't quite have the unbeaten yeah. season, but that first season in English football, yeah, man, he certainly. only lost the one game um, in the league. Um, won two titles in a row. Um, and he did. If 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 anybody yeah. was to really set the expectation at Chelsea, Mourinho did that. Yeah. Um, I don't think any, any Chelsea fan should ever forget that. You know, as you know, as controversial and, and uh, as the man as the man might be. Talking of um, controversy, obviously going back to, to when Abramovich took over, at the time, Chelsea were, I think it's fair to say, um, hugely disliked across football for the amount of money that they were throwing at their, at their team. This kind of buys into what I was saying earlier about, um, um, about competition um, and the, the requirement to actually win something. Yeah. Yeah. doing it yeah. on the pitch. I remember, um, you can throw money at something, Milan, but it doesn't guarantee success. Spend quite doesn't. a lot of money. Obviously, PSG, you know, they still haven't won a Champions League. So it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee success, but it obviously helps. But one thing I've certainly... One, um, one thing I've noticed is that, you know, when no, I was a Chelsea exactly. fan before, you know, around London we weren't particularly liked. But, you know, I remember sort of being in Cyprus and Germany, you know, sort of talking to Bolton fans and... All sorts. And everyone was saying, oh, I can't stand Chelsea. <laughs> you know, we've gone from this team in ninety in the 90s where, you know, a bit of local <laughs> rivalry to in 2004, 2005, where we were the most hated team in England. But you've stayed where you yeah. are now. You know, you're, you're established now at that at that top table, um, which I, I suppose kind of indicates why European Super League teams have, uh, did they include Chelsea? Um, but the you do have, you know, Abramovich clearly is a man who doesn't take failure very well, very, yeah. very quick to, to sack a manager. And, of course, Jose, um, well, he, he bit the bullet in 2008, sorry, very soon into the know, season. I think it's a model um, that works. And the only two managers I probably wouldn't have sacked or didn't agree with was Jose the first time and Carlo Ancelotti. That was a... I thought you were going to say Ancelotti because yeah. that Ancelotti team that won the league 
We won uh, the goal. Was it in 2010? Yeah. You know, the goal just scored that just, year it was oh, unbelievable. It was relentless goal it was scoring. Really good football to watch. Yeah, was it? What did he put? Yeah, and then we, I think we put was a it seven past Sunderland Stoke well. and eight yeah. past Wigan. Um, uh, seven past Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. You were. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was good football to watch. As as you know, as as a as, as a neutral fan. Um, what you always knew that with Chelsea yeah. that they were going to going to score goals, and particularly if you know, if they were playing a, a good team under Ancelotti, they they. It was it was always likely to be an an, yeah, an intriguing yeah. game, an interesting game, and one that you could almost guarantee goals. And it was as much as I like to root for the underdog. Um, and I'm thinking about this Stoke game as well, off the top of my head. I mean, it was 11 years ago now, but Dave Kitson was hauled off um, after about 50 minutes. Um, of course, Stoke were under Pulis at the time, and Dave Kitson and Tony Pulis didn't really get on. Um, you know, he's been hauled off and they're like something like five nil down. And, mm. it's, you know, it's just it's, it's almost as though that he's kind of to blame for it, you know. Um, but yeah, and that was yeah. that was after he'd won the title. It was, it and it was, was just, strange, you know. Yeah, it was just relentless, we, relentless. In the Champions League, um, just, you know, the season just started the following season. And um, I think, I don't know if, I, can't, I guess we must have got knocked out at the group stage and um, they sacked him. Yeah, I think I... I can't remember what year it was, but yeah, that, that does ring ring some bells. Um, so, of course, in the two thousands, you know, you've got that that extra investment. Of Mourinho's taking you to that extra yeah, level. Yeah, so You're I actually going, missed them winning the. Um, you'd gone the to Germany as well at one point, then, you? Even though I saw a couple of games, um, obviously I didn't see them that much because yeah. I was because I, I was living in Germany at the time. Yeah, because because yeah. you, you always try to get. Across, remember you yeah, saying this, yeah, you always try right. to get across, yeah. and, or at least try and see the newly promoted sides. Um, one of which was, <laughs> well, we weren't newly promoted. We've been up for a season already, but um, right. one of the because, games that you you uh, you'd been yeah, to see was because, was against Reading. And you had very. I thought well, I've never seen Reading play. No, no recollection and, about uh, it. I found a program <laughs> in my garage, and I spoke to you about it, and you you could describe the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 30th of January 2008 because it was my brother's birthday um, and uh, yeah it was a um, yeah. Paolo Ferreira yeah. right wing cross and as he soon as he hit it I could see Michael Ballack steaming in and I think oh shit shit we're in trouble here um, and yeah 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 late run met it perfectly straight into the corner 1-0 win should have should have beaten us more comfortably to be honest with you but 11-12 was obviously no, your Champions no, League win unfortunately not um, you didn't go to Munich did you I remember rightly. Yeah, well, I was oh, but... disappointed I couldn't get a ticket. <laughs> is that is that one of life's regrets? Didn't maybe? have enough for all season ticket holders. Um, and then when Bayern Munich got to the final, I said, "Oh, there's yeah. no chance of getting a ticket because you know all the fans in Munich in their home ground." But now I think we find sight and in their own ground. what I've heard about you know what people have said, I think I'd have just risked it anyway. I had this cunning plan of how I was going to get there. Yeah. I was going to, because obviously flights for Munich yeah, were going to be ridiculous. Because I'd lived in Germany, I knew it very well. So I had this plan. I was going to fly into Stuttgart for about 80 quid and then get a hire car and drive down to Munich because it's about, probably about three hours yep. from Stuttgart. You're talking to a fan who, well, I've never, never seen my, my club in the Champions League. But to win it, I mean, it's, it's, it's the prime competition in European football. Um, and to have that, I think you were the fifth English club to win it, sixth British club. Yeah. Um, 
but to just have that star above your yeah, above and, your badge. And the song that we sing, be, you know, we're the only club in London with a European cup. <laughs> Long way that continue. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the two North London clubs, they both lost finals. Um, I've always been spoiled of it because um, nice, so. as a Chelsea fan, <laughs> I used to get, you know, the Mickey taken out. I mean, something crop something rotten growing up because all the people in my class were Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal fans, Tottenham fans even. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we hadn't won anything in years, but obviously my boys have been very lucky. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I was going to ask about because obviously, you know, they're, oh, they're not from London. My son, Harry, was born in Dartford. Your wife is from London. Yeah. Um, Oh, was he? Okay. I, I, no, I don't, sorry, I, my, my daughter apologies. was born, I thought he was born in, um, in Gravesend, which in is, or is quite close to Dartford. My youngest was born in Dartford, and my middle right. one, Samuel, was born in uh, yeah, R.A. Yeah. Fakateri. No, no, uh, no, okay. No, um, yeah. yeah. So, so they, they are, but, but of course, you know, it's one of the um, one of the sort of, should we call it in inverted commas, traditional dynamics yeah. of football supportership, is that you either support local or you you, you follow your parents' team. Yeah, yeah, most um, definitely. Of course, your yeah. boys um, yeah. and your girl, to a to a certain extent, um, followed. Yeah, followed she Chelsea, does. Yeah, um, I can because, because she, of yourself, and of course, uh, Carol follows got, Chelsea uh, as well. She's got three brothers, um, and they all follow football. Um, they fall, I think, Man United and Liverpool. Um, she she used to have to watch football. Obviously, been in the house with three brothers, <laughs> but she didn't support anyone. And then, obviously. When she met me in the uh, early nineties, I managed to convince her. Yeah, that was clearly. Does your um one of your sons? Is it uh, your youngest? Oh, no. um, he has That's this little. Youngest, um, he, he pick, does he still Harry. pick and choose he, the opposition that he, he goes and one, sees? And this is uh, <laughs> one thing I will say about Chelsea. Um, he was a mascot. Um, how long ago? Probably about seven, eight years ago. And we went into the dressing room. I might have sort of, I think I sort of knew you at the time. And, yeah. you know, we met all the players. They were signing all sorts of stuff for us. And it was all provided for free. And um, I think they gave us four match tickets as well. And I was speaking to the Everton the mascot's dad. And he was telling me that Everton charged about £1,200. Mm-hmm. I think Chelsea get, you know, a bad yeah, press. Some, some but do I don't think anyone ever mentions I think, that. I think do as well. Harry's unfortunately he's seen Chelsea lose a few times, whereas Samuel, my middle child, he um, <laughs> I think he's seen us lose a midweek game, but that didn't count. <laughs> All teams we lost to, we lost to Bournemouth three <laughs> 0 I think he's done a night, but that didn't count for whatever reason. So as far as he's concerned, his unbeaten runs yeah. uh, goes on. I mean, clearly, no, I mean, you're obviously not in London anymore. Um, you haven't been in London for a while now, I think. Um, but you, you still get down there quite regularly. I remember when we worked together, it was you were down there yeah, um, I, um, almost I, every I've home been a season game. ticket holder. Uh, and the occasional um, away game. I've probably become a season ticket. Um, I've been a member since as long as I can remember. And then I think in the mid-90s, I've become a season ticket holder. I gave it up because I went to Cyprus, got it straight back when I come back. When I went to Germany, I gave it up again. And when I got come back I couldn't get become a season ticket holder because we suddenly got really good and everyone was a Chelsea fan and it took me about two years and then I um come to the top of the <laughs> list and um I become a season ticket holder again and I tend to go to I reckon I go to 15 16 home games yeah. league games a season 
Um, I've seen England yeah. play away. When I was in Germany, I managed to get tickets for... Uh, it was complete luck. I just applied for this quarterfinal. Um, didn't know who was going to be in it. Then I was told that I'd been successful and in the ballot. And it was either going to be England or it was going to be... Sw- yeah. yeah, in Germany. It was either going to be England or it was this going to be Sweden world, against Portugal. Yeah. England almost balled it up, but we managed to get through. I can't remember what the score was. I, know, okay, I think we were a better team against Portugal. It was the, the famous like one when Rooney got sent off. And then none of our players could <laughs> score a penalty, I don't think. Rooney got sent off, yeah. I think Frank Lampard missed one. I think Carragher missed one. I'm not, yep. I'm not, I can't remember about Steven Gerrard. <laughs> yeah, is it Schalke? Hell's incursion, yeah. yeah, yeah they had, uh, so, of course, Germany back then, they had all their stadiums rebuilt as well, for the, um, um, for the World Cup, but because a lot of them... I used to go and watch Borussia Mönchengladbach. And, um, oh, you've been to Borussia Park, haven't you? It's a really nice stadium. And um, yes, they didn't get one because obviously there was games in... I have. Um, it is. Schalke. Dortmund and possibly even Cologne, and there was probably too many in the same part of Germany, so they sort of spread it out a bit. Cologne, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the, the was it the eight grounds? I think was it Berlin? Um, yeah, obviously Munich. Yeah, yeah that's Stuttgart, right. Yeah, um, Nuremberg. They had one. As, they had a few games as well, didn't they? Um, it's a bit of a shame, really, because because um, I Borussia Park. Uh, they, I, I went to Germany for any listeners listening. I went to Germany on a on a on a um, Bundesliga weekend um, and took in uh, Gladbach against Hoffenheim on the Saturday, and then uh, Dortmund v Hanover um, on the Yellow Wall on the the Sunday. Um, and of the two grounds. Yeah. Um, and the, the atmospheres, I was far more impressed with um, with Gladbach than I was Dortmund. And all right, I suppose in some ways you could look at Dortmund as like, um, say, Liverpool playing um, playing against you know, Stoke City or Sunderland or someone like that. Um, it, in the, the atmosphere is not going to be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And Dortmund might be the same. And I would imagine the same could be said of um, Bayern if I ever went there. Um, but yeah, you know, Gladbach is, was, was very really different. Good. It was... It was constant behind that goal on the on the terrace um and it was yeah, yeah i, I was, really yeah, enjoyed it yeah. and, and i went and watched um, cold mind. i went Minus five I was, in the middle of march when i was there march. i i was a season <laughs> ticket holder one year yeah, and um saw us them us whether uh lose three one uh, to buy munich and um, I had a thick coat on and i was still cold and all the germans had blankets and everything they certainly knew what to expect yeah, I went. Um, I took. Yeah, I took Samuel because yeah, I think he so. likes Absolutely. Borussia as much as he does Chelsea. Yeah. He, he sort of split down the middle, um, and um, we went yeah. and saw a Borussia play Eintracht Frankfurt. Then I took him to um, Arnhem to watch PSV, and then uh, on the and the best atmosphere, we went to Cologne on the Sunday mm-hmm. and watched Cologne play Hamburg. And and that stadium was rocking. It really was. Yeah, I went to Dortmund well, on, the, on the Monday once, following Gladbach a stadium tour. Which was, and uh, uh, I was really um, really in the Dortmund that. end. Uh, I couldn't get tickets for Gladbach, and um, I weren't wearing my colours. But there was quite a, one thing you notice about German football 
is that you get yeah. people who are openly supporting the other team in the home end, and and there's no trouble or anything. No, I mean they self-police, don't they? You don't see too many stewards or anything. They're there purely as on an observant basis, and and um, yeah. you said the stewards don't really get involved. Um, if someone's being a dickhead, um, people will call them out, and. No, and what, part of me wishes we saw more of that what, in English. What football, I enjoy about German football is the really currywurst um, and pommers and uh, <laughs> lager during the game. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, it was uh, it, it was a really nice lager as well at, um, at Dortmund Brinkhoff's, uh, which we used to drink yeah, in. Um, yeah. I don't know if you used to get the bottles of that when yeah. you were at JHQ, but uh, we used to get it when we were at Bruggen. Um, I say we, my dad did. I was only eleven. <laughs> nice to have a have a nice uh, nice pint during the game. Although, oh, having said that, I travelled the best part of seven hundred miles to go and see Dortmund play, and I missed the only goal of the bloody game queuing for a frigging beer. Oh, did he? Because <laughs> my boss used to say to me once, <laughs> he um, he introduced me to the new boss, uh, my new boss, and he so, goes, um, "Yeah, David's a good lad. <laughs> Don't think you've got to watch. He um, he has training. He." He arranged his training courses around Chelsea fixtures, and I didn't even know that he knew. <laughs> but obviously, I weren't costing the tax- yeah. Obviously, I weren't costing the taxpayer any more money, so it was all right. <laughs> Back in London. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, no, sure. Yeah. You've got to do something of your evening, haven't you? <laughs> obviously, one of the one of the best games I've no, come back play. to was um, why, why wouldn't you? Um, why wouldn't you? Barcelona well, game. You know, so, the quarterfinal that we, um, sorry, carry, carry on. The, I think it was the last 16 game. Um, we beat, um, what did we beat? We beat them. I think we were 3-0 yes. after about 20 minutes. Then at half time it was 3-2. I think mean, it's about 2005, 2006. <clears throat> and then John Terry scored. 2005, yeah, was it? Yeah, that, and then they got a penalty, that's right. Yeah, two, yeah, two, that, was when Ronaldinho earlier, toe punted it, didn't he? About 10 minutes ago, John Terry scored. It was a fantastic night. Yeah. It looked like Cavalio failed to keep it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, we were lucky to get keep. that, really. <laughs> probably wouldn't get it these days. Yeah, probably wouldn't get it yeah. these days. Yeah. I think uh, Lampard I, scored. I do remember, I, scored. I remember watching Can't that on ITV. Yeah, goal. so you were, you were 3-0 up. Have we got... Um, he, yeah, well, he got two, did he? Okay, and then I can't remember which way round it was, but um, sure goal scored the third. They got a penalty, and then Rodinho sort of, as you said, toe panted it in. Yeah, got a little sort of yeah. um, shuffled his ass a little bit, didn't he? And kind of just, and then just, yeah, it's just literally. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, completely. Sort of, like, sort of no back well, lift he, or anything. He, 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 he sold it. Ball ends up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, that was definitely that yeah. was a fantastic game. Yeah, no, it's a great game to watch. I do remember. I yeah. remember it very yeah. well. I can't remember whether I came back. I, I was back. You came back for, for whatever it. reason, but or, or I come back for a course. But I was, I was, I was definitely there. <laughs> so that's yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that that was another title win as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I have. That, that's yeah, for sure. so you've seen quite a few of those. Um, you've seen quite a few FA Cup wins. I remember you. Uh, I remember you uh, oh. the League Cup final one day coming in the office on the Monday and uh, just showing that me a little might, video. Might that have been taken. the win against Spurs. This is this is, this is what it's like to win well. at Wembley. Yeah. Cheers, Dave. That was, was pre 2015. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Two 0 Yeah, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, so you see, say FA Cup wins, League Cup wins, um, Champions League finals. Well, Chelsea fans have got this I song, which well, I'm not a great every, fan of. You and it says, you're we've won it all. Well, you've won. <laughs> and and um, we really have to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you literally have. Um, and that's not to be sniffed at, particularly um, given that, yeah, that it's, yeah. you're a club that's been at the top end of the division now, or the Premier League now, for 20 years. Um, Obviously, as we spoke about earlier, Mourinho has he took you to that next level that you needed to be at to compete for the titles consistently. But again, you know, he's he's set the expectation bar um, that bit higher. And while you know, football is is an up and down experience, as you know. Um, but more often than not, you've been and, competing, and because it's consistent and it works. And uh, as I said before, the only two times I didn't agree no, because it's consistent. was probably when we sacked Ancelotti and, and Mourinho the first time. So, European Super League aside, where, where, do, where, where does sort of Dave Lacey see himself following Chelsea? Um, is it going to continue uh, uh, the, the same? You, and, you know, your yeah, boy's going to be going more and, and more. Yeah, 21 and 18 now. How old, how old are your boys um, now? So, I think late teens, I'm in the early family 20s? enclosure at the moment. I think I can stay in the yeah. family enclosure till the the youngest one's twenty one. So I'll be there, and then we'll be going back to where I used to stand in the Matthew Harding lower tier. Right. Yes. In the east so behind the goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, right. Yeah. The family the, family there. area is. It's um, a good view. It's in the three. Um, but, yeah, the three tier know, stand, isn't I it? I think as they're getting older now, yeah. I think that's yeah. where they want to go, where all the sort of action is, sort of better atmosphere. Yes, because I know as an away fan, I've been to in the Stamford Bridge yeah. twice, and you get a good, you get a good, uh, a good view from well, both tiers of the um, of the shed. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do quite like it. Quite no, like people it, get. Uh, I think people, um, and it's easy to get to. For Stamford Bridge well. has not got Very the best right. home atmosphere. Um, uh, sorry, the best atmosphere. But when Chelsea go away, I reckon we're the best away fans in the country. I really do. I got. It's got to be said. Um, and some people might not necessarily agree with with this, but whenever I've yeah, it is yeah. Um, well, whenever Chelsea have been to the Madeski, it yeah. is constant singing, uh, and it's constant noise, and it seems to be almost constant backing for the club and the, the team on the on the pitch. Um, you know, so I think that's that that can, that does carry some merit, and you know, you you also, you also I mean, yes, yeah. it's easier to do now given your um, given your status think, in, in the Premier I don't know League, but even where this information day, come from, but um, you still travel. I, I read somewhere numbers. that Chelsea used to be the best followed away team, and by that I mean because you know, let, let's face it, years ago you supported Chelsea if you come from London or one of the home counties. It wasn't as wide as it is now, so so our fans used to go, and they would be from that part of the country. Whereas you know your Liverpool's and your no, United's sure. are. All over the place. A bit like Chelsea are now, to be fair, I suppose. But you know, we've always travelled in in big numbers. That can't be knocked. You know, I'm sure you. You know, it goes. I think most people. I think it's a controversial thing to say that you either love (laughs) Chelsea or you hate Chelsea. Um, And the people, the people that love Chelsea, they do they do follow them, and they are a passionate breed of breed of support these days. So. and that's that's not to be knocked, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I knew there'd be plenty of discussion. 
uh, and plenty of memories and plenty of talk about football. Just one one quick question. So, uh, how, are your boys looking likely to um, to carry on? My uh, and looking likely to go youngest, go as often as you are. Or um, are it's they, quite funny um, now watching him watch football. Him, He's say. worse than I am. <laughs> he gets really into it. My eldest son, he um, he's into it as well. Probably not quite as much, but yeah, he he really um, sort of follows Chelsea. But he's probably split fifty-fifty with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, that's right. The foals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The fallen. I think that's their nickname, isn't it? The foals. I got, uh, I got a laugh. Another little story when I was there. Um, they when they they. they if, if nobody's yeah. ever been to a Bundesliga game, they give um, score updates, don't they, on the you know, throughout the game, breaks in the game. Um, and Gladbach, um, before they announced a score update, they gave this, like, sort of horse's neigh um, and a little kind of graphic <laughs> on the scoreboard. And I just thought it was all a little bit, um, you know, what, what the hell yeah, is that? And it right, didn't, yeah, it didn't yeah. click with me until a couple of days. That's why. Because they're the bloody folds, no, aren't they're, they? They're both um, yeah. committed, um, yeah, committed Chelsea just, fans. Yeah, and It didn't click with me at all. You know, I, I'm um, glad because I couldn't have stood it if um, <laughs> they'd have wanted to support another team. And I, I certainly would never have taken them to it, that's for sure. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah. I know exactly how you feel because... Um, you remember we went to the preseason friendly a, a couple of years ago with my youngest, um, who at, at that time had a little bit of he was starting to just edge towards. He, he obviously liked Reading and he wanted to go and see Reading, um, but he was edging towards some of the bigger clubs and Chelsea was one of them. So I thought, yeah, all right, I'll temper it a little bit. Um, we'll take him to the preseason friendly. It will be <laughs> in the Reading end. It will not be in the Chelsea <laughs> end. Not a hope in hell. Thankfully, I think touch wood touching all the wood possible here in my in my living room. Um, I might have worked him away from those, from those big clubs. Um, and the more I take him to Reading, um, obviously I think the more the more he'll come to enjoy it. It's a it's a character building experience and um, I think you know any any father or mother who who's who's able to to cultivate and nurture that that love for their club, all power to them. Um, but because uh, I can imagine, you know, for yourself, um, having had, you know, you've got, you just said they're committed Chelsea fans now. If I can have that with, with at I least one of say, my boys, um, then I'll be a happy man. Sort of chatting to some almost any father or mother. People I worked with when I was in Germany that, um, um, you know, if my children didn't support Chelsea, I'd put them up for adoption. Um, <laughs> I was only half joking. <laughs> I thought that was out of order for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I have like, likewise. That's um, I think that's a that's a good place to end it. Um, yeah, um, it's been a pleasure, Dave. Thank you very very much. Um, just quickly, just to reiterate, um, you can follow uh, me personally on Twitter, um, which is at handbag82, or I'd say even more importantly, please follow the um, uh, the podcast on Twitter, which is at Terrace Memoirs. Um, Facebook, Terrace Memoirs, obviously the, the same name. Um, the um, podcasts, they're obviously available on this platform. They're all hosted and sent out to Spotify and Google and all the other ones 
from the platform that I host them on, which is anchor.fm forward slash terrace memoirs. Any comments? Um, obviously, as I said at the start, um, the e- email address is terracememoirs at gmail.com. Otherwise, thank you very much, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I will see you next week with a Bristol Rovers fan. Um, or not see you necessarily. You will hear me next week. 